Alright, so first thing is first, recently Lynn has been officially traded to the White Sox. Uh, how do you feel about that so far? Uh, I'm actually kind of excited for this trade because um, it definitely bolsters that third man in the rotation, uh, especially considering we're going to have Giolito, then Dallas Keuchel, then Lancelin, and we can partner um, Kopech in there and then see who's better between Ronaldo Lopez and Dylan Cease. It's definitely going to be an upgrade from what we had last year. Yeah, I'm really excited about uh, Lynn coming to Chicago. I mean, the Sox, I know last year, uh, a lot of players got injured, part of the rotation, so they were struggling here and there. So having him on the team, I think, will be really good. I'm not sure about um, who they gave up, though. Yeah, definitely losing Dane Dunning is definitely going to hurt the team because he was our number five prospect overall, and we had club control over him through the 2026 season. Uh, Lance Lynn is only, you know, 2021, and then if we don't extend him, it we lose everything that we just traded away in that trade. So we're definitely in that win and mile mentality, like Ethan Katz, the new pitching uh, coach, said. It's definitely we're World Series or bust this year, and they're definitely showing that in the aggressive um, offseason moves such as Lancelin. But then we also did bring back right fielder Adam Eaton. Uh, I was not super excited about this uh, pickup. I was glad that we made some kind of move, though, especially being a left-handed bat, because like we saw with Nomar Mazzara being lefty only bat in the lineup last year we definitely lost a lot of that potential last year because Mazzara was not all he was cracked up to be he was definitely a disappointment for the Sox last year and bringing back someone like Adam Eaton who is just consistent he's literally the definition of consistent is good and then um if he if we're facing like a left-handed pitcher we can definitely platoon him with Adam Angle who definitely has stepped up his batting from the last two years or so yeah I mean I'm I'm happy he's honestly back. I was actually a big fan of Adam Eaton when he was with the White Sox. Uh, I mean, they weren't good back then, but he seemed like he was pretty uh, consistent. And watching him in the World Series two years ago, um, I felt like he did really good. And I wasn't sure how he was going to do in the World Series, especially since he's kind of on the older side. But I'm happy he's back. I'm not sure if he's worth the $8 million that they're going to pay him. But I'm just glad he's back. Now, do you think he's going to be starting? He'll definitely be in the starting rotation. Um for some reason, they really just were never satisfied with Adam Angle uh, being the everyday starter, whereas I was okay with Adam Angle being the everyday starter. It, it meant that we'd go out and spend that money on a starting pitcher. But since we got Lance Lynn in this trade, bringing back someone like Adam Eaton is definitely it's a start. And I don't think that the Sox are done signing this offseason. I think we still need to re-sign uh, Alex Colome and then maybe bring in a relief pitcher like Brad Hand. And I wouldn't say we're completely out of the Bauer race either. Um, I don't see us going out and signing Springer uh, anymore. It's been rumored that it's extremely unlikely as it was before we went out and got Adam Eaton. But, you know, someone like Adam Eaton is definitely going to be better than Angle on an everyday basis and definitely better than Mazzara was. Yeah, and I think Adam Eaton and Lynn, what I like about them is, like, I know they're on the older side and this is a young team and you're like... You know, why would you pick up these older guys when you have such a young team? But I honestly think they will help the coaching with the younger guys and help show them a thing or two or, like, with the veteran stance, uh, help them. So I think that will actually be pretty good. I mean, I wasn't really too happy about giving up Dunning, him being young and all, but I feel like he could really help them, um, all the other pitchers. And I honestly think that maybe they still need another pitcher or two or a reliever because from last year, there was just so many pitchers that just got injured like that and – the rotation was just so bad, and they had no one. They literally were having relievers as starting pitchers, and it was not too hot. Yeah, after Giolito and Keuchel in that rotation, it was more or less so up to Cease, who was supposed to have a breakout season last year, but unfortunately did not ever 
come to that potential of having the breakout season. But, you know, Cease has the stuff to be a nasty pitcher. It's more or less so just putting it all together and being consistent on that level where he has yet to prove himself being consistent enough to be that everyday third starter in the rotation and being that nasty pitcher where we can put him out there in like a game three of the wild card series like we did this year where we started Dane Dunning he went two-thirds of an inning and then was pulled I mean that's definitely not on the young pitching staff that was definitely in more of the inexperience from Ricky Renteria um, so it's definitely good to see someone like him gone but it's definitely going to help um, having an experienced manager but then also someone like Lance Lynn who can go out there and eat innings which I'm definitely looking forward to this year. Yeah, I, I really like Seesaw. The year before, his rookie year, I wasn't sure how he was going to do. I mean, obviously, it was like his first season and all. He did start off a little uh, rough. But last season, I didn't think he did that bad. He was he had his highs and lows, I noticed. But I think give him one more year and then another offseason, I think he's going to be good next year for sure. And Seesaw's definitely been putting in the hours as well. Um, teammate Lucas Gilito has been saying that in a few different things that he's been doing publicly, saying that, Cease is ready to perform on that level that he is ex- he has been expected to perform at. It's more or less so just finally getting it all to click that we've been waiting for as Sox fans, and I think this year is the year that he finally is able to do it. And the 2020 season was really like no other, trying to base someone off of a 60-game uh, season compared to the full 162-game season is definitely harder to do. So someone like uh, Dylan Cease, who maybe went out there and had uh, 12 starts or something, it's it's not good to try and be like, oh, he's no good anymore because he did bad in 12 starts, whereas he'd be getting a ton more starts like that in a normal 162-game season. Yeah, I really think they need more relievers and maybe one more uh, backup pitcher for starting. And that's what, there are so many still good quality starting pitchers out on the market. Um, I know that Rick Hahn today in the Lance Lynn um, interview was saying that, hey, we're still out there. We're still looking to sign these guys. It's still a possibility that we go out and sign another um, starting pitcher. And when asked if it would be a left-handed pitcher, he said he's not um, looking at anybody for handedness. So it could be a Jose Quintana. It could also be a uh, James Paxton or a Jake Odorizzi, someone who's a little bit older and is more injury-prone, but then we have the guys to be able to back him up in the rotation. Or we go and make him a long reliever. But I also wouldn't say entirely that we're – gotten rid of uh, Carlos Rodon either. I still see the Sox going out and getting him on a more club-friendly contract because he's been so injury-prone over the last few days or last few years. We can still go out and get him on a more club-friendly option and use him as that long reliever when he's healthy. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, the the offseason kind of just started. I mean, they still have a long ways ahead for the offseason. And to see them already coming off the bat, just already signing two people, I think it really shows where the Sox are headed for this offseason. And judging by uh, last offseason, I mean, they made a lot of different moves. And honestly, a lot of people were shocked, and they were not expecting that at all. So I, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with this offseason. And that's what, going around the league, too, we're not going to see, I don't think, a whole lot of long-term deals, especially considering that the most recent um, – evidence that we have on these players is only a 60 game season so i think it's going to be a lot more of one or two year deals that teams are willing to go out and put on these guys because you don't want to sign someone for a super long amount of time just based off 60 games either and 2019 it was a full season but it at this point when we start 2021 it'll be almost two years ago yeah and now la russa is coming back how do you feel about that uh la russa coming back 
I was a little bit not excited about that at the beginning, but then the more I read and more I heard about him, I'm very excited for his baseball knowledge. And him and Lance Lynn actually won the World Series together in 2011. So having that connection there between the two of them, it should be a good uh, reunion for the two of them, and hopefully another ring is produced out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be really good. I mean, he was really good with the Cardinals, so I'm excited to see what he does with the White Sox. And last year, I think like in the wild card game for Game 3, I really think it was Renteria that screwed them up for it. Like, Renteria, I think, screwed them up a lot. And I think that's right why they really suffered. But, I mean, the, at least he was there for his team, but he just wasn't the right coach for the team. And he just wasn't great. Yeah, and he was too quick at the hook, too, especially when we went through that many pitchers in such short amount of innings. It really should have been um, Dylan C starting that game instead of Dane Dunning. And then also, if you were going to go with Dane Dunning, because Dane Dunning has the stuff, he can be a filthy pitcher. You don't let him just go two-thirds of an inning and then uh, two outs, man on third, and you pull him for Garrett Crochet. I did not yeah. like that uh, managing at all. It was not professional, and honestly, I'm glad to see Renteria go. Yeah, I was really mad when he put all that faith into the pitcher, and then after he let the man get on third, he was like, all right, yeah, I don't have any more faith, and just straight up took him out. And then they kept on going after reliever after reliever. I think it was like the seventh inning. They already threw, like I think, seven pitchers at that point. It was pretty bad, and... They were doing good on offense. It was what it was with the pitching that really uh, messed them up, and they really suffered from it. And that's why they lost it mainly. And that's what clearing house with the coaching staff too, especially when we were this close and Renteria was not able to capitalize on that, is definitely going to help this young team finally come to what we've expected them to be. With new pitching coach Ethan Katz too, he's able to go in and help guys like Cody Hoyer, Matt Foster, Dylan Cease, the younger guys who are not as experienced but need a different style of coaching. I was upset to see Coop go, but you know every good you know coach eventually comes to their end, and that's just what 2020 was with uh, Don Cooper as well. Yeah, yeah. Now going back on the players and them being young, um, I yeah, it's a really young team, and I mean. Literally the first game of the A's, it was crazy looking at the list of uh, whose first playoff game this was, and literally the whole entire team was basically. I mean, it was a. It's crazy to think that that was a Brayu's first actual playoff game, but I mean that was his first playoff game, and I think it was a great way to show, and it, it was a great introduction to them uh, into the playoffs, especially with COVID. So they kind of have a feeling what it is now, especially for next year. Which, knock on wood, but hopefully they do make the playoffs, and I'm assuming they are. Man. Yeah, with this uh, Lance Lynn trade, I definitely put the Sox at the, as the favorites to win the AL Central, and I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a biased fan here, but you look at the teams around the division, the Royals are not getting any better, even though they did just go out and sign Carlos Santana, but the Twins haven't done anything yet. The uh, Indians let go of one of their best relievers in Brad Hand and are shopping trade rumor, or trades for Francisco Lindor, so seeing him on not seeing him on that 2021 opening day roster is going to be huge for the Sox because Lindor has been such a superstar in the league with the exception of 2020. And then you look and the Tigers really are the Tigers. They were an anomaly. I really think at the beginning of this year and we saw them kind of drop off as the season progressed and they're, they haven't thus they haven't made any fantastic moves yet to make them a serious AL central contender. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it was honestly, I'm really glad, though, the uh, Royals picked up Santana. I think that, I mean, the Royals have not done anything since they won the World Series, and I can't really see them doing much in the next three years, honestly. But picking, them picking up Santana, I really think it takes something off 
the Indians, and I'm really happy about that. I mean, Francisco Lindor did terrible last year. He did not do good. And, I mean, they've only had that one pitcher, that rookie. Um, Shane Bieber. Yeah, they had Shane Bieber. But, I mean, besides them, their team was not really pulling up what they were, how they expected to play. I mean, they expected the White Sox to come in. I think it was, like, dead last, right? No, the Sox weren't projected to come in dead last for 2020. Uh, they were supposed to come in third, which third. they ended up doing mm-hmm. because of the slump that they were in for all of September, yeah, unfortunately. But you see someone like Carlos Santana leave the Indians, who before the Indians were not a great team in 2020. They were outside of Shane Bieber, J-Ram, uh, Carlos Santana, and uh, Francisco Lindor. Once they traded Clevenger, I couldn't remember, you know, they're, they really are a bunch of young guys. And that's what it's looking like. The Indians are setting themselves up to go into a rebuild, especially trading away guys like uh, Francisco Lindor. And they just, they traded Bauer last season. They traded Clevenger this season. They traded Kluber in the last offseason. It's definitely looking like the Indians are headed into that rebuild phase that guys like Shane Bieber might soon be on the market. And that'll be a total game changer, depending on whoever picks him up for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And honestly, I think the Twins, they're, I can't. I can see the Twins starting to rebuild soon, too, as well. And that's what them non-tendering Eddie Rosario was kind of a shock. I know their top prospect is an outfielder, and he's projected to come up in 2021, so that makes a little bit of sense. But the Indians have not won a playoff game, I, since, I think, since like 2009, 2008 or something. So they really have not. They, they've been on that streak where they've had a good team. It just never comes together for them. That they are going to pick up um, Jake Odorizzi, who has, you know, been injury prone, but he's definitely been a solid pitcher for them. And it's not... They haven't done anything with Nelson Cruz either. And with the DH looking like it's not going to return um, to the National League, Nelson Cruz is definitely going to be in some kind of AL form. Well, that's what the Twins are not. Um, I saw that it's possible he goes back and closes out his career with the Seattle Mariners, which would be a huge hit to the Twins considering how injury-prone Josh Donaldson is and Nelson Cruz really being that third batter for them consistently um, you know, raking for them. Yeah, they've been doing good in the regular seasons. I mean, they've been always first, second the past five years. But it's when they get to the playoffs is when they really just fall out of it. I mean, I know the Nationals, they when they won it, they were the wild card. And the team they beat in first was the Twins. And, like, that's crazy to think about that. But, I mean, they have not done anything in the playoffs. And I, I think that's just their best bet is just to start rebuilding. The Tigers are kind of in that rebuild phase. Yeah. The Royals haven't like officially announced a rebuild, but they did just go out and sign Mike Miner and Carlos Santana. So it's looking like they're trying to put some pieces together. They definitely are not going to win the yeah, American League me. Central, and they're not going to make the postseason if it's not expanded uh, playoffs again. But, you know, they're still pushing, but I think the Sox are able to overcome that as well. But the Indians trading away Clevenger, the Indians trading away Kluber, the Indians trading away Bauer, all within the last two years, that definitely helps the Sox. And the the Twins not doing anything thus far to get any better. It The Sox have gone out, they've spent them, they, it, they're not spending the huge amount of money because Lance Lennon's only supposed to get $8 million this year. Um, Adam Eden's only supposed to get seven with a $1 million buyout if we choose not to pick up his option for next year. Yeah, But that's it. We're still We still have all that money because... Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf has been saying, oh, I don't want to go out and spend because people won't come to the games. But we haven't spent in so many years. And guys like Gilito, Anderson, Moncada, 
they are not making a whole lot of money that we're able to go out and sign guys like Yasmani Grandal like we did at the beginning of last offseason. And that's what the Sox do. They're very aggressive at the start of the offseason. That's why we see Eaton and Lynn already being on the team, and it's the 8th of December. Yasmani Grandal was signed on like the 20th of November last year. But then after that, we kind of go quiet. That's why I'm hoping uh, with winter meetings going on this week that we go out and, you know, Sonny Gray is actually being shot by the Reds too. We got to see how much the Reds are asking for him because the Lance Lynn trade, it kind of hurt getting rid of Dunning, but in order to get, you got to give, yeah. like Rickon said. Yeah, I mean, going back to how much they're getting paid, I mean, I know Tim Anderson. I believe it's 2023. 2023, but they're on cheap contracts, honestly. Yeah. Like... I know he signed, like, a 10-year contract when he first signed with the Sox. And, uh, yeah, no, they signed for cheap. Yeah, I mean, we have um, so many different pieces of this um, organization, like Yoel Moncada being locked up through 2023. Eloy Jimenez being locked up till 2026. Uh, Tim Anderson, 2024. Giolito, 2023. Kopech through 2024. I actually think that's actually 2025 now that he opted out of the 2020 season. And then we also have Luis Robert signed through 2027. We have the young pieces that this team's needed for locked up for so long. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're staying and just looking at the games, you could tell that they're dedicated with each other and they're there for the team and they're there for each other and they're fighting with each other in and out, making sure that they will soon be the team that they want to be. And that first step really does come through beating everybody else in the AL Central. If we have another playoffs, the expanded playoffs, where it's a three-game wildcard series, we've now that we've picked up Lance Lynn, we have that third starter, someone who can go out and eat innings and save the bullpen, unlike the third game in the wildcard series this year. We have that consistent third starter, and with Michael Kopak coming back, he could be that fourth starter. We haven't seen him much in the big leagues since 2018 when he pitched those three games and then hardly pitched any innings, but he looked amazing he looked so good so we just need him to come back on that even the slightest bit of what he was and he will be a very good very consistent um for starter to be followed up by someone like dylan sees yeah the Sox rotation is what's killed them in 2020 and adding someone like lancelin adding you know with michael kopak coming back it has already gotten 10 times better from what it was yeah no that i mean that's when they were in the drought was when uh all the pitchers were all injured and everything, and that's when you really saw, like, okay, yeah, they have pitchers here and there, but they don't have the backups. They don't really have the relievers and everything, and that's when it really kicked them. But I just, yeah, no, they really have to pick up another one. I would love to see Bauer come to Chicago. I mean, he's looking to go with a team that's on the uprise, and honestly, I think the Sox are the best team for him to go to. And that's what someone, Bauer has already come out and said he's not looking to sign for more than one year. Um, so getting Bauer on a one-year deal and coming in and then having our rotation being something like Bauer, Gilito, Keichel, Lynn, and then followed by Kopecker Seats, that would be absolutely amazing. I would definitely say we're World Series contenders then because as much as people want us to go out and spend the money on George Springer, I definitely say it's more valuable to go out and get starting pitching because our offense isn't what, isn't what held us back yeah, last year. It was more the pitching. And our bullpen has been a lot better too surprises from Cody Hoyer, surprises from Matt Foster, tied with Evan Marshall, Aaron Bummer, Alex Colome. These The last three of those five guys were always so consistent. And then to get the younger guys around them too, and Garrett Crochet too, since he left the third game of the wildcard series with elbow inflammation, which usually symbols Tommy John, Rick, Rick Hahn has since come out and said, 
it's not he does not need Tommy John. He'll be ready to go in 2020. So the bullpen is kind of set. But then you also throw in someone like Brad Hand, and I don't see why we don't we're not World Series contenders. There's absolutely no reason if we go out and get Brad Hand and re-sign Colome that we're not World Series contenders at this point. Yeah, I mean the relievers actually were really good last year, and Colome, Colome is Colome. I mean he is so good. I mean he was already he was gonna be one of the closers for the MVP for um the reliever uh, list. Did you see that? Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, no, he was one of the contenders. He didn't win it, but he was like I think top three and got voted off. But the relievers and and the closers are phenomenal. It was mainly the starters, and I think that if we did get Bauer or another good starting pitcher for sure, that will give a good switch off between Kopech and uh, Cease. Because I mean they're still both young. Kopech is. He only played that one season that he got injured, right? Yeah, he got called up in August of 2018. Yeah, so, I mean, for him, for this being technically his second season, this being his third season, I think it's going to be a good switch off between the two, and it'll help not have it constantly on their back and have to worry about it, and I think it'll be a nice introduction for them to slowly progress. That's what... This Sox team is something that we've been waiting for for so long that it's going to be so good to finally have a great team. Not only a great team, but then also backed up by great managing, too. Ricky Renteria was never the guy, I don't think, he was never the guy to get us to the World Series and then actually give us a shot at winning the World Series. He was really just kind of that rebuild manager, someone who we can get and we'll just, you know, sit down and shut up and do whatever Rick Hahn kind of says. And then. He kind of proved that point exactly in that third game of the wild card series. I know I brought it up so many times, but that that was just an absolute killer to watch because yeah, of the so overmanaging. Bad. You don't go through seven pitchers in seven innings and then leave Carlos Rodon out there just to get smacked by so like he drove in so many runs, and that's part of the reason why I think he was not tendered. Yeah, and I think that having Larusa, I mean, I he's been to the World Series a couple of times and has won a couple of times with the A's and the. And the Cardinals. So I mean, having that experience with this young team, it's gonna he's really gonna teach him a lot. And it's gonna be exciting to watch how they play together. I mean, you saw how the Sox were last year, especially at the beginning when they were uh doing well with Ricky Renteria. Uh so I mean I can't imagine what it's like with a good manager. And I really think he's gonna take over the team. And that's what someone with um LaRusso's experience, too, is definitely key. He has not been out of the game for nine years. He just has been out of the managerial role, which I think is important to remember because so many people are like, oh, no, LaRusso's been out of the game for too long, blah, 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 blah. Just because he's out of the managerial role does not mean he's out of baseball. He's been working in baseball the last nine years. He's just coming back to the managerial role now. So that's what I'm not worried about, you know, someone like LaRusso being too old or too old style because... Lance Lynn said today in his interview, LaRusa is the guy who, if you come to him and you suggest something that he's not doing, he'll listen and he'll actually take into consideration what you've been saying. He listens to his players, which I think is definitely key for someone like um, Tim Anderson, who wants more control over their day to day. Someone like, you know, who's very vocal on everything and is definitely proud of what he has to say whereas some of the other managers might be more locked down. And LaRusa being an older guy doesn't mean he's super old-fashioned either, which I think is important to remember. Yeah, I totally agree. And, yeah, I mean, you saw that between Tim Anderson and Renteria that they were buttheads here and there. And it was not only him. I mean, everyone on that team is honestly like a leader, like in their own ways. Even uh, even, um, even Jimenez, I, you see it here and there with him teaching. Uh, what was the left fielder's name? 
Jimenez was a left fielder. I mean, who was a center fielder? Um, Luis Robert. Yeah, he was teaching Luis Ro- Roberts here and there, and they they just work so well together. And even Roberts, you see him stepping up here and there. I mean, especially on offense, and it's just so exciting to see this. And they just have so many leaders, and it's gonna be so exciting to watch. That's what um, so many people like Stroman coming out at the beginning of the offseason saying, "Oh, he won't even consider signing with the Sox because of." Um, Larusa's DUI, I just don't think that's valid for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are very, would be very excited to work with a Hall of Fame manager like Tony Larusa. What he does in his free time, sure, it's not good that he has a second DUI, but you know what? It's If it's not going to affect what he does on the field, me as a fan, I'm not too worried about, oh no, our manager has a DUI. Obviously, I'd prefer if he didn't, but... It's more important, I think, from the baseball perspective of a team that wants to go out and win that he is just an honest and true manager who lives and breathes through every game, like Lance Lynn said today in his post game or his post signing interview. Yeah, I have a couple of Cubs fans, and they were constantly on my. They were constantly telling me about like, oh, how can you guys sign a pit, uh, coach that has a DUI and all that? But I mean, everyone has their slips up here, here and there. I mean, no one is honestly perfect. I mean. Everyone has a mistake. Okay, like I know this is a second DUI, but even the the Sox signed the day after they knew about it, so they already knew about it when they were signing. So they already knew what they were expecting. It's not like this was out of the blue for the Sox. So they already hadn't took into consideration about him and his DUI, and they still signed him. So obviously the Sox still have faith in him, even though they knew about the DUI. So if they have faith in him, it obviously says something about him. And that's what Larusa having that Hall of Fame career before then, before now, and coming with this young team, he's definitely going to teach them something about being in the major leagues and being a ba- a ball player that might have gotten lost in someone like Rent- Rick Renteria. Um, I'm definitely very excited to see what Larusa does with this team, especially after the last four years of Rick Renteria. I was never a fan of him really, and then he came out and said that stuff about Ryan Cordell last season, and I knew that he was not a great manager for this team mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, no, when they were talking about new coaching for it, I honestly had no idea who they were going to sign. I was actually kind of hoping they were going to pick up Ozzie Guillen from him being the 2005 White Sox. I mean, watching White Sox games with him being on the pregame and postgame talk, he knew so much about baseball and, like, the way he was talking about the team and what they need to do uh, differently and stuff. It was like he already basically knew what was going to happen and everything. It was crazy, and he was really correcting Renteria on what he needs to do and everything. And I was like, you know what, if, like, he keeps on talking about that and everything. They might as well just put him in that spot instead of Renteria. And I was kind of hoping for uh, Ozzy to come back. And I kind of figured he wasn't going to, and I kind of knew. But, I mean, I'm still excited with La Russa, and I'm really excited for it. That's what I was kind of, when they first announced the Tony La Russa um, signing, I kind of thought it was a joke. I really, I was kind of caught off guard by it because he had been so old. But then hearing so much about his managerial style and seeing how he interacts with players. I'm definitely very excited. I was definitely more on the AJ Hinch um, hopes that he was going to be their new manager compared to someone like um, Ozzie Guillen because I love Ozzie. I do, but it's time to also leave the past in the past. Mm. Um, I know Rick Hahn did not want Ozzie Guillen and that's what Jerry Reinsdorf the first day they announced um, the firing of Rick Renteria they called Ozzie Guillen and said, look, we're not going to even interview you, um, which I 
I think that was a nice thing to do compared to getting his hopes up and then letting him go through the whole process thinking, oh, maybe I'm next. So I definitely would have enjoyed to see Ozzie Gian back, but in comparison to someone like A.J. Hinch, uh, I know all the stuff about him cheating in Houston. It was not a good look, but I was definitely kind of more excited about someone like A.J. Hinch than I was at, of La Russa at first. But seeing how La Russa has interacted with players, it's definitely going to help this young Sox team out so, so much. Yeah, I was not really on board with the A.J. Hinch one, especially with the Astros. I was I was really hoping they weren't going to, but I mean, if it was going to, I'd rather have him over Renteria any day, but I was not on board at with him at all so i'm glad they didn't sign him i mean i'm glad they signed la Russa and honestly i don't think they should have signed anyone else to be honest I, and I, that's what i think looking back now la Russa was the perfect fit for this team um i know a lot of people still aren't very excited for it they see it as a jerry Reinsdorf over controlling uh hire because uh, Ryan Surf always said his biggest regret in owning the white Sox was letting hawk harrelson fire um Larusa back in the 70s and sometimes you just got to bury the hatchet with stuff like that but the, the fact that we were able to go out and get a world series manager i think is so huge for this young Sox team and that's where, where they're really lacking mainly now is just the experience so i really hope he's gonna think he's gonna help in that department yeah for sure all right thank you guys for listening we'll catch you in the next episode all right see you